strange times here. Uh, so I thank everybody for their patience. Uh, and thank Cynthia in, in a very special way for <clears throat> she's uh, you know really been uh, has been so changing and developing by the minute trying to set all this up. So next couple of days, if you have a chance, you drop Cynthia a little note. Thank her for uh, for all that she's doing. Uh, as I said, the uh, you should get while we're going on the. Uh, what do you call it, the, 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 the midterm. Uh, so anybody want to, you can look over the questions and if there's any questions about the questions. As I say, we have things going on towards the even from today's the 11th, we'll take it all the way to the end of the month, uh, you know, to get it in. Uh, so that would be, uh, that would be fine there. And I hope we can, uh, Somebody's outdoors. <laughs> this is a one by a mail truck. Um, I guess that's one way to. I hope nobody's in bed. <coughs> I, would, I would suggest I go. Here we go. Lower left. Just mute it, please.
So, what I, uh, last week we did, uh, we spoke about conversion and a, uh, uh, the, the various dimensions of conversion and a theme that's always very, very pertinent with regards to uh, uh, moral theology, looking at the dimensions, especially coming out of the thought of Bernard Lonergan, the Canadian Jesuit that had tremendous influence on uh, people, especially in the, uh, in the in the 1960s and uh, 70s. Now, before we go on, if there are any more, any questions or comments on what we've done, I just ask, to, if possible, to speak as speak up as as, uh, as much as you can. Again, we don't have each other uh, face to face, but try to handle in whatever questions that I have that you might have. Anything come to mind? Also, there's a bit of a delay here. Okay, if uh, we, we can speak a little bit more in detail about discipleship and a rich experience, a rich term that involves, as we've seen, the personal response to the call of Jesus. Many, uh, very, many, very, very, uh, you might say, uh, descriptive uh, images from the gospel of the call of the disciples. You saw the dynamics involved of the radical gift itself that is required of a disciple. Uh, so that, uh, we uh, and, and the and the radical uh, desire to constantly be about that process of conversion, that ongoing process of conversion, with all of its many different dimensions. Again, couldn't be any more timely than the season of Lent for us to think about conversion. But as Bohr takes it, and as we want to take it. We can say, well, what does you know? What does conversion look like? What is the or, or the term he might use? What is the content of conversion? Again, it's not as we see. It's not only a sense of, of a, uh, you know a desire to, uh, to to change. It's not simply, but it also affects emotions. It, it affects. Uh, Obviously, moral and ethical choices. Uh, but uh, what we look at is that if we're talking about the content of conversion, uh, we would probably see the idea of the uh, of the theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity, uh, as being what uh, you know you might say a person involved in conversion, a serious disciple, sometimes you hear the word committed disciple, convicted disciple, uh, looks like intentional disciple. So that we're talking about basically the living out of faith, hope, and charity, called the theological virtues because they are, we believe, infused in us uh, by God, God's gift to us. 
So uh, we we talk about I mean, uh, the the traditional language, the, the you might say the act of faith, the fides qua, uh, and the uh, the content of the faith, the stuff of faith, uh, the fides qua. So look at it in terms of uh, briefly faith, hope, and charity. We will look at yeah, we'll probably look at this again in other courses, uh, and but but and we'll look at virtue again towards the end of the course uh, again. But for now, virtue is as we've seen stable dispositions, uh, good habits. You might say broadly but stable dispositions to act in a certain way. Uh, and uh, so we're talking about, you know, a, 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 the, as we said, the virtue of justice, a stable disposition to render each person his or her due in life. Now, obviously that's the, 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 the intention, that's the desire, but a person's due is also a matter of stuff, a matter of content. I give you, I'm committed to giving you what is what you, what is due to you, and that means I fill in the blank. I pay you a just wage. I make sure you're not discriminated against, or so forth and so on. Uh, but the uh, it's like the Brady bunch up here. Uh, the, uh, uh, so here we're talking about we're talking about faith. We're talking about essentially a uh, many ways to look at it. I know Moore points out the idea of the uh, uh, of, of the obedience of faith, uh, the willingness, obedience. Again, sometimes can have a, a bad uh, connotation, especially for you know modern people like ourselves who don't like to be told what to do by anybody. We kind of have a, uh, a rugged individualistic streak. But the idea of, from the wedding feast of Cana, the famous uh, words of the Blessed Mother, do whatever he tells you. In other words, uh, the, uh, the idea of being open to the word of God being willing to be formed by the word of God, and that's all involved in the in, in the in the act of faith. That we uh, entrust ourselves to God, to the will of God, to the providence of God, to the love and mercy of God, but at the same time have that by that very uh, fact uh, have a uh, uh, you know that 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 listening posture. Now, there's also the, uh, okay, that's, you might say, the fetus qua, that's the act of faith. But the, 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 uh, the content of the faith, you might say, uh, is another uh, example. And one, one of the examples that is used is uh, from the first letter of the Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 3 and 5. That, that 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians is extremely rich uh, in terms of what it teaches us with regards to the uh, 
faith, you might say, is a uh, uh, it, it is in this context again looking at it much more personally. Faith is a surrender of the uh, the whole person. Uh, again, we have a you know uh, uh, the tendency, and I guess we've always had the tendency uh, to intellectualize things because we have a set of you know as, as I mentioned last time we need to use propositions we need to formulate things because that's the way our mind works and even God who wants to talk to us has to accommodate himself to the way in which we uh, uh, we're made up as human beings the way we understand things but again the, the, faith is not person is not going to simply take this set of propositions, sign off on them, and then say, okay, I have faith. Uh, you have, it's part of it, but faith is also a, an internal act of the whole person. Again, that, that the, 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 the thing that we've used almost like, as a mantra, the gift of self. Uh, that uh, we, uh, you know, we, 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 we turn uh, towards Jesus, we 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 we, we place our, our our life in God's hands. And so many different images that we use, so many different images that come out of uh, our, our devotional life, our liturgical life. As well, they should. The idea of lex orandi, lex credendi. We believe, you know, we we we, we pray what we believe. Uh, so the, the the idea that we we. Uh, uh, we should always be looking at ourselves in terms of of the, of the depth of our faith, of our of our willingness to, to be involved in a relationship uh, with the living God. Uh, which you know, again, in, in, in the moral life, uh, is 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 very relevant as well. Because if we're talking about acting the way a disciple should act, we're talking ultimately about the uh, uh, acting. Out of the, out of the, 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 the vision of love, the reality of love. Uh, not simply out of uh, uh, a, a set of intellectual principles, though, it, 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 though they're going to be operative too if we're talking about really an act of the whole person. Also, in, involved in this is the, is the role of the church. Uh, and again, you'll, you'll had or, or will study uh, ecclesiology, I'm sure, somewhere along the journey uh, to the, uh, you know, in, 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 in our program, and it'll be much more in, in, in depth in, in terms of the, the nature and the mission of the church. Uh, but, but the idea of the church, as we've said, as continuing uh, in space and time uh, the presence of Jesus. Again, through the power of the Holy Spirit, again, we're, we're acutely aware of, the, of the, that, that, as to, to quote from St. Paul, that this treasure is in very earthen vessels. The, 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 the scandals and the ongoing difficulties, uh, you know, have made that abundantly clear. Uh, not only among the clergy, but among the whole history of the people of God, you know, you know, we, uh, uh, no one group of the church.
church has a monopoly on screwing things up. Uh, but at the same time, this is a it, it is a human like like the incarnation. It's a human divine institution. Uh, so, okay, well, one, one way of, of, of looking at this, the church is not only the subject of faith, meaning all of us together professing the faith of the church when we in the creed, let's say, but it's also in that very same creed, the object of faith. So we look at, I mean, without getting into too much detail, the way they, they say the translation the, 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 the Latin uh, phraseology in the Nicene Creed. It begins, Credo in unum Deum. I believe in one God. Now that construction, the Latin scholars tell us, Credere in is uh, speaking about uh, really the act of faith. I believe in God. I believe in one God. I entrust myself to one God. But later on, in, in Latin, they say, Credo Ecclesia. I believe the church. Now in English, we say, I believe in one holy, I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We're not saying we believe in the church. We don't intend to say we believe in the church the same way we believe in God. But we do believe the church. So the church would say is, is itself an object of faith, though not obviously as primary, you might say, as the, uh, you know, as our faith in, 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 in God, in the triune God itself. Uh, so again, that, that, that role of the church, that role, and then within that context, and we can't do it here, you know, but, but when you're in ecclesiology, you know, with that, that, that context with the assistance of the Holy Spirit, understand the magisterium, understand the different the ways of teaching uh, of the church, and understand the, the role of, of, of the liturgy of the church, so, so forth and so on. Uh, but again, it, we, would, we, 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 would not, we would be incomplete about talking about, talking about faith if we didn't uh, also talk about uh, the church as well. Especially, you know, with, uh, you know, as that historical continuation of the presence of Jesus in the world until he comes again. So far, so good? Okay. I don't know how you answer, if anybody has a question or a comment, I don't know how you, you, you turn the what, what buttons you have to choose, but please feel free to do so as if we were like sitting here together. The, the next, you might say, virtue that helps round out the content of conversion would be obviously the virtue of hope. Uh, and again, hope is also something that can be uh, misunderstood, uh, again, because it's probably the way we use the word in our various languages through history that we can uh, many times think of, uh, of, of, of hope in, in, in the sense of like wishful thinking. I hope this crazy virus is eradicated soon. I hope uh, that it doesn't, you know, rain tomorrow. I hope 
whatever you might want to hope it. And I mean, it's a legitimate use of the term, but in terms of the virtue, it is a, uh, uh, it's a little bit of impoverished. But rather, hope in the theological sense uh, is, uh, you know, again, an appeal to uh, the effective dimension of, uh, of our humanity. Uh, because it does stir up in us, uh, uh, you know, many times, the ability to go on, to take the next step. Think of the ways in which we use hope. You know, people say, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 uh, people who had experiences of hope, they say it may be battling an illness or battling some kind of a difficulty. What are they saying? They're saying that, that something or someone has given them the ability to, to keep on going, uh, to keep, I say, striving towards a goal, striving uh, towards the prize, to use St. Paul's language. And that appeals to our, uh, you know, to our, to our affect, uh, you know, that, that, that appeals to our desire to, to, keep, to keep moving. Uh, so what we're talking basically is, uh, that uh, you know, it, 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 it is a conviction or a confidence in God's promises. I mean, basically, when we say the virtue of hope, we are operating on the assumption that God is going to keep His promise, uh, that God is is good for His word, uh, that uh, the uh, as Bohr takes us through it, he would say that it is. Uh, it, it, uh, our hope is, is, is founded on fact, on real events. You know, our hope is founded on the fact that Jesus died and rose again, uh, which really happened. Uh, and there, therefore, that cognitive dimension, that, that dimension of reality, uh, allows us to... Uh, to, to, to have a much, uh, in that, that affective dimension that I just spoke that we, we, we kind of, we, 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 we know, for instance, to, to, to oversimplify it, but we, we, we know that the facts of the Paschal mystery have, as we say, opened the gates of heaven, uh, and can, uh, you know, uh, that, 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 that cannot be doubted. But what does, uh, well, what remains to be addressed, you might say the effective dimension, the use of our imagination. What is risen life like? You know, uh, our, how, we, how we imagine things, uh, and how that imagination helps us to continue to move towards the goal. So again, we're talking about, again, that process of conversion. If the disciple is one who is uh, constantly growing and constantly allowing the Spirit of God to work on his or her conversion on those many, on those levels, uh, intellectual, effective, moral, religious, uh, and that looks like uh, faith in their life, also hope that that shows part of our, our mission to the world is to offer this hope, as to live as people of hope, uh, because
because again that can be uh, uh, attractive. Uh, that and then and in the moral dimension that we're always acting, we're making judgments, we're making choices uh, based uh, on our you know uh, on the knowledge of our end, uh, or based on the knowledge that Jesus is going to come again. So he said we're always acting in such a way as that we're making the world ready for the second coming. Why we're called often the people of the new advent. We live in this new advent. The advent is not just uh, you know waiting for Christmas. Advent is waiting for the second coming. Uh, and, and, and part of the way we do that is obviously through, act, through active faith, believing faith, and hoping because these are verbs, you might say, just as much as they are nouns. Now again, obviously, we're setting the stage. What does a faithful act look like? What does a hoping act look like? When we get next week beyond into the moral act, and we say, well, how do we make judgments about specific actions that carry this through? We'll see there's a process there coming out of our conscience. But right now we're talking about not simply static things, but the disciple is going to be marked by their active, believing faith, their hoping hope, and you guessed it, the next is their loving love. Again, not simply a concept of love, not simply an ideal, but the actual living out of love. Any questions or comments so far? But he's still conscious, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. The, uh, the, the, the primary, the, 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 the primacy of charity. Three things last, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Uh, and the, the greatest of these is love because they are most like God.
may be part of the difficulty. So, for instance, we have obviously the word, the Greek word eros, where we get our understanding of erotic. Now, erotic in the sense that, you know, not simply sexual, because there's another word for that too, but uh, passionate. The eros is, is, is stirred up. Um, and then there's another one, epithemia, which is more of a sexual context. Uh, and, and, uh, but that's going to get translated as love, too. And then there's finally the word that I'm sure that we're familiar with, agape. Uh, uh, and uh, that, that is the most profound. That is uh, a total dedication to the person. That is uh, a willingness to suffer. So obviously, if we're talking about the, 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 the famous post-resurrection, pre-ascension, you know, meetings of Jesus and the apostles, particularly, you know, Simon Peter, you love me more than these, that Jesus isn't satisfied until he gets an agape. It's not a question I really like you a lot, Jesus. You know, but I, I, uh, I give myself to you totally. And I'm willing to lay my life down. So you can see that the, 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 the proper love of a disciple uh, the proper love of one con constantly being converted is this self-giving uh, uh, willing to suffer uh, uh, kind of love. And you can obviously see why something like that would be or could be uh, so extremely uh, convincing uh, when, when all else fails. Uh, for instance, that's why I think, you know, when you're talking about, let's say, the, the witness of martyrdom. Why, for instance, it, 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 a, 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 a true martyr in the way the church, in, in, the, in the legal workings of the church, in the, in the technical, modern process of canonization. Why martyrdom uh, does not require a miracle for beatification because laying your life down for the Lord is considered miraculous in itself okay arguments books all kinds of things may not move people's hearts that might be tough for us to take because we're you know, we're, we're kind of like intellectual people. We wouldn't be doing that. We wouldn't be taking this, these courses if we didn't see the value of that. But we have to honestly understand that sometimes people are not going to be convinced uh, uh, by the, the uh, you know, a, a, a martyrdom uh, or, 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 the, or what the church is considered white martyrdom. You know, maybe not the shedding of blood, but the giving of one's life totally. Uh, uh, in, in, in very everyday service, that can stop people in their tracks, and that can get people. That can move people from doubt or from unbelief to belief, because it's just so countercultural. So I think I mean 
think we probably have all met people who are these white martyrs. Uh, you know, people who have, and maybe, you know, it's, 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 it's mother at home, and maybe it's somebody taking care of a, of, of, a, of a sick spouse, somebody making tremendous sacrifices to get their kids the best, you know, education, things like that. So many different everyday examples of people who have profoundly uh, given themselves to, uh, to God and to others. The, 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 the apostolate of suffering, uh, the people who abused uh, physical illness that they didn't, you know, that they didn't look for, but saw that as an opportunity. I think I, I might have been following on Facebook, uh, but there's a priest I know I have a former student of mine out in the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. A friend of his, another priest, is uh, uh, suffering from a brain tumor. And this other priest has offered his sufferings uh, in reparation. He's offered for the intentions of all victims of clerical sexual abuse, uh, you know, as, and, and a reparation for, uh, for, for, for sins of... of, of uh, his brother priests, uh, and uh, again, that kind of thing stops everybody in their tracks. Uh, so the uh, it, it, it has a, a again like all like all the other different dimensions of conversion. It has a, uh, a, a again a, a, not only a content an intellectual dimension. What does Christian love mean? I mean, as St. Thomas puts it, Christian love means always choosing the good for the other. Or it might say, ultimately desiring their salvation. Uh, again, that, 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 that doesn't sell too many Hallmark cards. You know, always choosing the good for the other. But the idea is, is uh, there's nothing, there's no greater thing that we can desire or assist one another in is in our salvation or helping each other to cooperate with God's gift of salvation. So again, it is choosing the good for the other. Again, the drama, as we're going to see, is sometimes it's not clear what the good is. You know, uh, and that's why we have to you know, analyze as we build the moral act, uh, analyze uh, intentionality and so forth in the circumstances. Uh, but the idea of, uh, you know, the, the, the basic uh, thrust is to, to choose the good for the other, understanding that sometimes it's not going to always be clear what the good is. Sometimes it is clear. Sometimes there are things that we know that we, you know, something that we must do, some things that we know that we can't do. Uh, but I did say on the affective level again, uh, the, the, it is that constant movement from self-interest, self-absorption uh, to being for the other, uh, to be open uh, to the gift of another. So we can see that you know maybe lived out as we see, you know the, 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 it appeals again going back to the book of Genesis. To the uh, to our fundamental uh, human vocation, uh, as Lisa Saint John Paul uh, uh, 
of his Romans 1 and 1 Corinthians 5 and other places he often gives like a, a, uh, a catalog, you might say, of vices and virtues. And the vices, you know, uh, always uh, speak of, of, of one way or another of self-absorption, arrogance, selfishness, uh, lust. All of these things are, you know, uh, making the world about me. Whereas what he calls the fruit of the Spirit, again, it's a singular, the fruit of the Spirit with many dimensions, patience, gentleness, kindness, meekness, chastity. Uh, again, that, that, that uh, you know, is another way of, of, of seeing, you might say, the content uh, of other men. And finally, the, the, uh, uh, the uses in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, the, the uh, living the truth in love, or sometimes doing the truth in love, that is a, uh, it might strike us a little bit strange, because when we think of truth, we think of something abstract. Many times we think of, uh, okay, a notion, uh, a, a conclusion, okay, this is the truth. But, but we don't think of something that is the, we, we don't think of truth as a verb. Uh, but in reality, just the opposite is, is, uh, 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 is the case is, uh, John Paul II in Veritas' Splendor, paragraph 88, that the Christian faith is not simply a set of, or not at all, a set of propositions, rather it is lived knowledge of Jesus knowledge of Jesus that we can propositionalize, you know, we can, we can make points, but at the same time, it is, uh, it is uh, living out, it's the context of a, uh, of a relationship. The only example, maybe a, a, an example that I would use is, is, you know, something like marriage, in the sense that, you know, uh, you know marriage is, a, the marriage bond is a reality, but it, 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 it's, it's, it's an abstraction, you might say, but it's lived out in, 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 in very self-giving uh, uh, love. And, and so, so it, 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 in many ways, that might be a good example. And then for us, we had this in the gospel a couple of weeks ago, Matthew 5, uh, 48, the, you know, the idea of becoming perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. That process of constantly doing the truth, doing uh, that which ultimately enhances our relationship with God uh, and, and, and others and moves us in the direction of where we, uh, uh, where we want to go or moves us in the direction of being the, uh, arriving at the end for which we were created. So again, anticipating a thumbnail discussion of what uh, a uh, uh, of right and wrong, you might say, though much more you know complicated than this. But uh, a, 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 a one simple way to, to, to answer the question is uh, is the action that I'm thinking about doing uh, is it ultimately going to lead me closer to the Lord, going to help me get to heaven, 
or is it going to take me the other way? You know, it, 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 is it is it in harmony with the end for which I would pray? And you can see, you can see you know, how our emotions go to, uh, are involved in that. When we think about people say, I had peace of mind after I made this decision or I made this judgment. Well, what's that? That's saying that this is in harmony with who we are. Might have been tough as nails, but once it was done, it was the peace sets in because it was it was moving in the right direction. But on the other hand, I might do something that's very convenient for me uh, that that solves in a certain sense a problem. But if there's something gnawing at me. You know, if I don't have that peace, if my, quote, conscience is bothering me, well, that's a signal that uh, it, 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 uh, it, 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 it's taking me away from where I'm supposed to be. And therefore, it, it, I literally feel it in my being because it's taking me uh, contrary to my own inclinations and nature. So far, so good? The... Uh, They, 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 they speak of the, the, the different manifestations of love. Uh, that uh, you know, they, again, love of God and love of neighbor. Something that that Jesus uh, links to his. Uh, uh, you know, when when questioned, what good must I do? Uh, he always puts. Uh, you know, uh, links love of God and love of neighbor. So uh, they, they, in the real sense. As the church understands it, our love of God becomes manifest and becomes credible in our uh, love uh, of, of neighbor. Uh, in, in the sense that it is one one tangible way in which I uh, lend credibility to my claim to love God. Because again, I'm following his directives, his commands. Uh, the uh, but at the same time, uh, we have to be very careful to, uh, like any real relationship, any real friendship, to make sure that we nurture and nourish our relationship with God. Again, and that is the you might say the the challenge, I suppose. Uh, for people like ourselves in uh, in ministerial positions, that we can be so busy, literally doing good things, we can be so busy doing things for other people, we can be so busy about the public worship of the church, that do we ever take the time to uh, nourish that personal relationship? Or do we say things that are very dangerous? My work is my prayer. My ministry is my prayer. It should be a prayer. We should offer it as an act of, of, of as, a, as an oblation uh, to God. Uh, but still we do need that, that, that you know, that personal time of, uh, of, of prayer, that personal time of devotional life, 
uh, reverence, whatever it might be. Again, without you know getting preachy about it, the understanding of the importance of, let's say, of, of spiritual direction uh, and helping you know figure things out. Uh, the the let's say the regular pattern, the the rhythm, let's say, uh, of how often we should go to confession. Uh, the different forms of prayer, mental prayer, vocal prayer, uh, the, you know, the, our devotional life, many times enriched by our cultures, whatever it might be. But the important thing is to, like, like again, I keep using the example of a friendship on the human level, or marriage. Okay, husbands and wives do all kinds of things for each other. Uh, earn a living, keep a home, raise the, cooperate in raising the kids. Make all kinds of sacrifices, but at the end of the day, they got to say "I love you" to each other, one way or another. Uh, you know that that, that the, the grace of the sacrament needs to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, ratified every day of their married life. Uh, so again, you know, sometimes you use the triad that that the the, the, uh, the disciple lives by creed. Cult and code. You know, creed, what we believe. Uh, cult, the, uh, the, the, uh, the worship, the liturgy of the church, and code, in a sense, the, the, not the Kabbalah law, but the, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the moral teachings of the church. Okay, we're going to see it's more much deeper than a code, but for the sake of, of, of the, the expression, you know, what we mean. Uh, but to see everything as important, to see, uh, and, and be, I have the liturgical sense of a pickle, you know, but I think to see, though, the importance of uh, even the liturgy in, 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 moral, in moral life, uh, in, in terms of uh, the, uh, you know, uh, uh, literally, you know, uh, living, living what we pray, what we believe. Okay? So far, so good. If we go to the, the lot of uh, neighbor, uh, again, we go back again to uh, the scripture, the first letter of St. John, uh, chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, that we love in deed and in truth. In deed, it's not that we do. Uh, and uh, and we and, and then again, and this is this you might say puts a little teeth on the idea of the church as the sacrament of salvation. Uh, and we had uh, you know in in in, uh, in in recent years, uh, you think of uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict's encyclical Deus Caritas Est, where he does a. Uh, a, a long treatment of the church, uh, the church's charitable activities, again flowing from her nature, uh, flowing from you know uh, uh, who, who the church is, uh, and the church not famously, as he said, not having a mission but being the mission. Uh, and uh, before that, in, in Second Vatican Council. The apostolorum uh, actuosum, uh, the, the, the uh, what we call we don't use the expression too often today, but back then the the apostolate of the laity, 
the very particular role of the laity in terms of uh, being uh, the sanctifiers of the marketplace, being the sanctifiers of the world. Uh, you know, in, in in economy, in business, in the, in, 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 the, in medicine, in law, whatever, in, in the different professions, uh, teaching, whatever it is. The idea that, that the, 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 there's no there's no opt out. Uh, we don't take our our faith or our virtuous life off on and off like a coat and say, I you know I'm a cop or I'm a I'm a this or that. I can't I I, I have to leave my faith at the door. It can't doesn't work that way. I mean, if we leave something at the door, it's not our faith. Uh, I think it is, uh, but we don't. Like, it, it has to be so profoundly. If it, if it is what, what, what the gift of faith is intended to be, we can't do it. So the idea of it is is that uh, the tremendous responsibility entrusted to the people, particularly lay people, because they have the training and the and the, uh, uh, the confidence to get involved in these different professions. Not that they preach or, you know, proselytize, but to, to make good Christian choices in economics, in business, and whatever. Uh, and, and finally, the, the, the uh, before we, we go to a break, uh, Bohr would round it out with a discussion of prayer. Uh, again, you might have the opportunity to study here with Father Guglielmi or other spiritual theology uh, or, or uh, you know, courses that, that relate to it, so the, the mystery of prayer, but again, that, that has to animate uh, all that we do uh, because we can't have a real relationship with God or anybody else without communication. You're my best friend. I, I, I love you with all my heart. But I don't want to ever talk to you. You know, who's going to say that? It's ridiculous. So to say, you know, uh, it's, so our, our prayer uh, is uh, what is, uh, you know, it helps give life to it. And the role of prayer in the life of, in the moral life. The role of prayer in moral discernment. Uh, again, it, it, it's a step that we need to take. But many times we skip over it because we think we got to be very practical. Uh, that, that prayer is what we do in our leisure time. Prayer is a, a kind of a life, a, a lifeline. And again, the different dimensions of prayer: adoration, thanksgiving, contrition, and petition. Again, number four, we usually put number one, we're looking to get stuff from God, and He understands that. But again has to be animated first and foremost by adoration and thanksgiving. He also, being to just be faithful to, to, the, to the readings, uh, he does a treatment of refusal to believe in God or the, the, the different, you know, doubts of faith, uh, understanding doubt in terms of, you might say a creative doubt, as he puts it, uh, the idea of, uh, uh, of that sense of wonder, that sense of desire to know more about our faith, uh, to have a, a constantly maturing faith, you might say. So again, we, we, 
might say a more sinful kind of doubt that comes from neglect. You know, it comes from not taking, engaging our faith uh, or, or, or being lukewarm about it. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, the scriptural example of the, the servant who buried the treasure in the field. Uh, and then it, it, it deals with agno- uh, atheism and agnosticism. Again, understanding that many times atheism is a, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's not, atheism is against our nature. I don't know if there's any, uh, there, there was a, 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 a young lady that used to be on, on uh, television, I think she might still be, named Jennifer Fullwire, Fullwiler. Jennifer Fulbright is a Catholic uh, wife and mother, I believe, based in Texas. And she was talking about, she had some conversion experiences in her life. But I remember when she was recounting when she and her husband were dating. And at that time, her husband was, uh, I, I, I forget what, he, what his profession is, but he uh, uh, considered himself an atheist. And when he told her this, you know, at, at, on a date, she just laughed at him. And she said, that's so unreasonable. Uh, and again, most atheists think they're being the height of reason. But that's the problem sometimes. Because as he also, when we talked with regards to agnosticism, many times this lack of faith or this rejection of faith, other than, you know, whatever arrogance I might bring to it, is I'm trying to... Uh, uh, use many, many times scientific categories to explain spiritual realities. And they don't work on faith, they don't work on things like love. I mean, you can't, you can't use, you know, the, the hard sciences, which we canonize in our world. Have you talked to any mom, math and science scores, all that matters? Uh, you know, I won't get into that, but, but, but they, they, uh, they, they're just not, they, they just don't fit. So you can't, you can't, uh, you know, dissect faith based on these canons of modern, of, of, of physical and natural sciences any more than you can, you know, uh, 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 explain, you know, uh, other realities, uh, uh, the, the, the law of husband and wife, you know, uh, the law of, 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 of people, you know, it, it, it just doesn't, it, it, it just doesn't fit. Uh, and that's, a, that's part of the, the uh, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the problem. I remember that there's a, you know, sometimes I, I saw a uh, video of a, uh, you know, of, of a college graduation. And somebody had put on their mortar board, I believe in science. Well, you can't believe in science in the sense that, I mean, you have confidence in science. You have, you know, the ability to use it properly for one's advantage. Uh, but uh, the, the uh, it, 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 you don't believe in science. Two plus two equals four. I don't believe that. If I don't accept it, I need, you know, some medication because I'm out of touch with reality. But it's not something that's so, it's self-evident. It doesn't appeal to my faith. 
Uh, so I, and nobody believes in, 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 in science. It's just that uh, putting apples and oranges together. And again, the tremendous work being done by the men and women of science, but with all due respect to uh, uh, Sloan Kettering, more science, less fear. Yes and no. I would, you probably can't fit all this in one commercial, but more people using science in an ethical manner, less fear. Science, it gives the impression that science is somewhere outside of or above uh, or disconnected with the human beings who use the science. And you don't want to say that, it, that science doesn't have, you know, uh, we can't make science into a god in that sense. Uh, so, so human beings using science effectively, humbly, you know, passionately, that takes the fear away, you know. Uh, so you get the point. I mean, I don't want to make a big deal over it, but just the idea of modern atheism, modern agnosticism, is that there, there's a lot more at, at work there. But those are things that, you know, probably be better discussed in, in, in maybe some of the dogmatic uh, courses uh, as well. can discuss it more uh, detail. Before we go to the break, any questions? Hopefully the... Uh, if you would have gotten the, the you, you have the access to email, you can look at the, the questions. If there's any uh, any questions uh, you know, about the, the the exam, you know, uh, we can talk about it here or just email or call me, whatever, at your convenience. But why don't we take about 15 minutes uh, and uh, we'll, come, we'll come back and we'll, we'll do, uh, do a little bit more. I know this is a little bit strange. Uh, but again, I thank you for your, your patience. I'm not going to turn anything off because I'm afraid of not getting it back on. <laughs> thank you. And again, given the odd times that we're in, I think it might be worth uh, listening to. So I will try to end, uh, uh, you know, around that time. Uh, Again, we, we, we're getting, we're, we're covering that because there isn't, a, we haven't had too much uh, discussion or questions, but it could be that the technology, it could be that I had more boring than usual uh, over the airwaves. Uh, but it might be, again, things that you might want to think about. Did everybody get the exam? Yes. you have any, any questions about that? Uh-oh. Not yet. Here we go. Somebody just went dark on me. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Okay. So, what I'd like to talk about now is a little bit uh, what, what we call the law of Christ. Now, the law of Christ obviously is a uh, term from uh, the, the scriptures. It's also a term from our tradition. Uh, in fact, one of the famous uh, authors of 20th century moral theology, a redemptor's father, Bernard Herring, uh, famously wrote uh, a series of volumes that have been called The Law of Christ. Uh, so again, what, what do we mean by that? Uh, what, what, what is it uh, to... to to speak 
Jesus in terms of being a law. Again, there's a term that might we might have prejudice uh, regards to in the sense of however we feel about law or uh, or, or you know laws. We might sometimes think that that is a, a very restrictive term, uh, uh, but in reality, it, it's not. I mean, just think of the way in which we use language. Uh, to go back to the, the Latin word uh, for law is ius, I-U-S. Uh, but it's also the word for rights. So law, <laughs> and rights, uh, law protects people's rights. Uh, law create, does not create value, but law protects value. Okay, your life, my life, your property, my property have a certain value, and therefore it is against the law to hurt our life or to take uh, our property against our will. Uh, so again, when we're talking about something that is essentially positive. Is that? There we go. So what we're talking about is, again, if we're going back to the idea of faith, hope, and charity, again, the, 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 you might say what a converted disciple is always looking like, a person of faith, hope, and charity, believing faith, hoping hope, and loving love, uh, then that person is going to, in the concrete of their day-to-day -day life, live out that, that experience, live out that, that uh, uh, existence in concrete actions. So again, the the the, uh, the, the the we are involved. We, we recognize ourselves as uh, being uh, as we saw as we saw in, in, in the dimension of conversion, effective and religious, being you might say captured or captivated by the mystery of God. And we can't fully explain God, we can't fully explain our relationship, we just know that this ultimate uh, being who has revealed himself in the person of Jesus, God and man, in the mystery of the incarnation and the bestial mystery at the heart of the incarnation, has embraced us uh, and has called us into a relationship. Uh, and again, to just to, to see the, the the context of the uh, of the pastoral pastoral mystery that it is the, uh, the, the the sending of the Holy Spirit the sending of the Holy Spirit as we see is, is the end of the Easter season Pentecost is the last day of Easter uh, and therefore it is the sending of the Holy Spirit that constitutes the church and constitutes each of us as as disciples, so that uh, we we uh, then can, in light of the gift of the Holy Spirit into our lives, we can recognize Jesus uh, as the norm of our life. 
that Jesus, in all that we do, and all that we are, we try to be like Jesus. We try to live in Jesus. We try to imitate and make our own the virtues of Jesus, the values and the attitudes and the dispositions of Jesus. Again, as we saw at the beginning, the, the, the Gospels themselves do not give us an answer to every concrete human situation. Some of them obviously could never have been, that we face, could never have been foreseen by the, uh, by, by the Gospel writers, especially those involving technology, communications, and things like that. Uh, but well, but, but uh, still, what we do have is the, the, you might say, the style of Jesus. Uh, the, what Jesus is interested in, uh, we need to be interested in uh, as well. So, again, the, the uh, as, as uh, Gore would put it, as John Paul II would put it, uh, the gospel is a, uh, uh, is a uh, really, not only the written word, but it's also the, the good news, the, a dynamic inner, inner principle, and the law of Christ is really an, an inner spiritual power that helps us to realize our deepest longings. Again, this is very abstract, so again, even as you read it, or as you listen to it, 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 it begs almost of being able to say, this is something to take to the chapel or take to prayer and say, you know, am I really trying to, do I really grasp what, what's being said here in the sense that, uh, that we are, we have this, thanks to the, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, we have this uh, ability to have a real communion of love with Jesus, that in Jesus, we, our unity with Jesus uh, is what assists us, enables us to do what Jesus did, which ultimately was to do the will of the Father. So again, the law of Christ is not so much a written code, though elements of it are going to be written down, you know, but first and foremost, it is this principle of in which we understand uh, a communion, a union with the Lord involved in doing the will of the Father. Uh, and, and, uh, and, 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 and uh, in manifesting the Father's will uh, for everyone to be, Father's desire for everyone to be saved. Uh, so it is a, uh, again, when we think of this, uh, when we experience it, you know, we, we, we think of, of uh, again, on the affective level, a certain peace, a certain joy, when we, uh, you know, sense that we are acting in, in, in communion, in union with the Lord. This could be in the midst of great suffering. It could be in the midst of great drama, uh, of great turmoil. Uh, but at the same time, there is the sense uh, of that, that, that peace that the world does not give. And that joy that can be present even in the face of the worst of tragedies. Uh, so again, it's 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 not as tangible, you might say, 
uh, as some of the uh, points that we can make, but at the same time, it is is something that we do have to reflect on. Uh, and therefore, Jesus, in a real sense, the uh, becomes the concrete norm for Christian living. Uh, made again, as we saw, made, made concrete in again in St. John's Gospel. Chapter 13, verse 34. As I have loved you, so also you should love each other. Okay, in a real sense, you know, that, that's in a nutshell the law of Christ. You know, to love as Jesus has loved. Uh, so, uh, to quote Mary Thomas Slender, paragraph 15. Let me do that now. St. John Paul writes, Christ is the concrete categorical imperative. Now again, for those who study philosophy, categorical imperative is a term that you really usually think of Immanuel Kant. But, uh, but, but, but Jesus himself, Christ is the concrete categorical imperative. He is the formally universal norm of ethical action, applicable to everyone. But he is also the personal and concrete norm who in virtue of his suffering for us and his Eucharistic surrender of his life for us, which imparts it to us, per ipsum ed in ipso, empowers us inwardly to do the Father's will with him. So again, that the, 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 uh, the Jesus is our concrete norm in that he, uh, especially through the, the the power flowing from the Paschal mystery, again, the power concretized in the Eucharist, which we daily, or, or, or as often as we do, experience the, 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 the Paschal mystery renewed in us, that we uh, have, we, he empowers us to, with him, do the Father's will. Again, that sense of communion, that sense of accompaniment, that Saint, uh, that Pope Francis speaks of, that we do the, the, the Father's will with Jesus, who has already, you might say, shown us Just the way to do so. Um, so that, again, is one way of looking at, uh, you know, uh, we, we, uh, uh, explaining a little bit the law of, of, of Christ. Uh, the... Uh, Again, all of this is rendered possible because of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and again, the, 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 uh, as, as I mentioned, Pentecost completes the Paschal mystery and the, the, the rhythm of the liturgy, again, like Sarande, like Spredende, we end the Easter season with Pentecost. And, uh, uh, and, and that, that is, you know, uh, you might say, uh, a, a living image of uh, what uh, uh, what the mystery of, of, of uh, the law of Christ is about. That that again the the, uh, the Holy Spirit was obviously uh, you know present. It was always it was foretold in the Old Testament, 
but again, in the uh, in, in the New Testament, John's Gospel, chapter fourteen, what does it say? The Spirit will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Again, the the the, uh, the you know the the, the, the Holy Spirit. Uh, it might say, you know, uh, bringing us towards the future, uh, but uh, also rooting us, you might say, in the, in, in the tradition. I, I will, the Spirit will teach you what we need to know, but, and, and, but will also remind us of all that Jesus has told us. Uh, which becomes particularly normative. So again, you know, we're talking about, you know, uh, you know no, nobody, you can't handcuff the Holy Spirit. Not going to say what the Spirit can do or, or cannot do, but it's highly unlikely that the Holy Spirit's going to change everything overnight, dramatically. Uh, you know, the Spirit's going to lead us to the future, but through the past, uh, through the through the living tradition, so we have to be very careful that we that we don't, uh, you know, uh, uh, that we, we don't lose sight of, of both of those dimensions. Uh, and this happens. What we call the experience of this is what we call divine grace. Now, again, that's grace is a, probably a topic that you're going to be hearing about a lot more in. Uh, or have already heard about a lot more in uh, dogmatic theology, uh, sacramental theology, obviously. But again, you might say that the the the, the, the uh, grace is uh, an experience of divine life, divine assistance, uh, elevating. It has an elevating and a transforming power. Now that's where we in the Catholic tradition have a particular. Uh, uh, experience uh, of the sacraments and the sacraments very much related to major events in life uh, you know with the sacraments uh, very much rooted in uh, the stuff of this world look at what we use we use water we use salt we use bread we use wine we use olive oil we use perfume all of these things that are, you know, the stuff of the natural world, showing that the uh, the grace of God is at work in elevating the natural world uh, and transforming it with supernatural assistance. So again, it's not, uh, I mean, it is the mysteries of our faith, uh, but at the same time, very much rooted in our familiar world. Uh, again, so that... That grace, it's very hard for us to get to, to, to speak about it and, 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 and try to be tangible about it or, or concrete about it. But again, it's that experience, especially through the, uh, you know, just thinking, thinking again, through the, the sacraments are not the only sources of grace, but they're perhaps the ones that are most clear to us. Thinking in baptism, the, 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 the end of one way of life, the beginning of a new one. Cleansing water. And if we don't get the, the message, the water is poured on us. Uh, again, the Eucharist, food for the journey, 
it's real food. Uh, it, it, it is, it is, you know, bread and wine. Uh, and again, uh, the, the idea of it is of, of strengthening us, nourishing us, but with the sacrifices, not it's meal and sacrifice. Again, throughout history, again, one or the other seems to be uh, emphasized more than the other, I suppose. But again, it is, you know, it's not simply a sacred meal, but it is, or a convivial meal. It's an actual, the sacramental, you know, uh, the sacramental presence of the death, of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Uh, so again, it, but but again, it, it, it is it is it is nourishment for the journey. Now, why do we call it the last communion that we receive? Viatica, literally food for the for the via, for the for for the journey to the next life. Uh, so again, it's. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the grace is always creative, it, it, it's dynamic, uh, again, because the Holy Spirit is creative and dynamic. Think of the, you know, uh, the hovering over the, uh, the waters uh, uh, of, you know, in, in the Genesis account of creation, the Ruah of, of, of Yahweh, uh, creative, literally bringing order out of chaos. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, uh, establishing, uh, uh, you know, uh, giving us the, the inner freedom, the power to be of service, to love, and to be of service. Okay, so far so good. Yeah. Okay, what I like to what what what, what, what remains for us is this uh, is a uh, a little bit of a discussion of the natural law if you want to follow again i want to be faithful to the to the readings that uh you know more will talk about natural law the history of natural law maybe a little bit more in detail than we did when we spoke about the ten commandments though he will mention the ten commandments again uh but again what we'll see is uh again an understanding of of the the, the order presented by the the, the uh, by the Spirit of God, the, the creative power that uh, the, the the church went on a journey, uh, borrowing from philosophy. Uh, you know the the, the the ancient philosophers, the Stoics, seeing uh, order come out of chaos. That they said there was something that they were onto something. The natural rhythms of the world as God created. So to be in harmony, to to, to, to see. The harmonious working of things is a sign of the creator. Uh, and then a little bit of the history, a little bit of the dangers of it, uh, uh, as, as we, we maybe at one time or another understood in a far too physical way, uh, but the synthesis, you might say, brought about by the personalist thinking uh, of, the, of Vatican II and beyond, in which, yes, the physical is important, because it does reveal spiritual realities. So we'll look at that, uh, and then uh, we'll be in a position, once we have this portrait of the disciple, once we have this portrait of the person who is able to uh, live out faith over charity, uh, then we can look at the concrete, how do, we, uh, how do we do that in concrete situations? Our conscience, 
and the formation of conscience, which will begin, I'm sure we'll be able to begin that next week. Uh, beginning first to just uh, go in the negative way, uh, what conscience is not, and then hopefully spelling out what, what conscience is. I think with this far as we'll go tonight, I know it's been a little bit awkward. I apologize for any inconvenience uh, of, uh, for, for, for people. Uh, if, I mean, if there's any, I know if there's any difficulties in asking questions, uh, if, if, if this thing isn't working right or whatever, just let me know. Or if you have any questions or comments, you know, even you know, just email me during the week or something like that and I can pick up on it, uh, uh, you know, next week and we, we can go on from there. Uh, so just pray, you know, in Thanksgiving, uh, you know, for everybody who's worked to set this thing up. Again, uh, Cynthia, uh, who was, and, and, and uh, everybody here at the seminary, uh, you know, who has been working very hard to try to deal with a very, very fluid situation. Uh, my prayers, everybody stay well, uh, especially those of you who are in the, in the helping professions, medicine and teaching and whatever, and your own life as you're in contact with people, you know, to be safe yourself and to, uh, uh, you know, to do what we can and uh, we'll hopefully uh, be able to smile about this uh, someday in, in the future. So, so thanks. Uh, see you next week and, and thank you. I'll see you one way or the other next week. Thanks for your patience. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Take care. Thank you. Thank you. If you if you're already home, Father. stay safe. And if you have to travel, get home safe. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. This actually worked out great. Great job. Great. Thank you. I don't. I don't. I'm gonna push some button here, so <laughs> nothing, nothing personal.